This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 116. veterinary friends. Welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. I'm so excited to be here today to record another podcast for you. I would just love to thank all of you for listening to me on the podcast. I really appreciate having you out there. I picture your beautiful faces every time I'm recording, and it really does help me get going, get my material together, and prepare to bring you some hopefully insightful information and also something that helps you get through your week. I appreciate you being here and I hope you listened to last week's podcast with Dr. Jessica Moore-Jones. She was so fun to talk to. She was fascinating. She had some great information to share. So if you haven't listened to it, go back and do so and reach out to her. Give her your input visit her website at Unleashed Coaching and Consulting in Australia and check her out because she was really a fun person and I've been in contact with her. We will plan on doing another podcast together at some point and I'll be excited to do that again because she was super fun. If you've listened to the podcast in the past, I would really appreciate you giving me some feedback and also making some suggestions for things that you'd like to hear about on future podcasts. So go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. Leave me any comments you have there. Or if you'd prefer, just send me an email at jacapeldvm at gmail.com. I am open to hearing about what you have to say. Also, if you are struggling in any way and you need coaching, please go to my website, juliecapel.com or veterinarylifecoach.com. I am here to help you. I'd love to talk to you. I love coaching people and I love this profession and I want to keep you there. I want to keep you happy and productive and building the best life that you can build within this profession. And if you haven't listened to the podcast before, after all of that stuff I just said, I welcome you. I appreciate you being here, and I hope you enjoy today's topic. Today, we are going to talk about taking risks. Ooh, that sounds interesting, right? Are you a risk taker? Are you one of those people that likes to take risks and do things that are kind of scary? Or are you a little bit more like me, where when you think about taking a risk, you get a little bit nervous, you might have that chihuahua brain telling you that you might not be able to do it or that you could fail? Or if you have those perfectionist tendencies, that's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm really excited to talk about taking risks So when I started to think about the subject of risk-taking, the first thing that comes to my mind is really scary stuff, right? Things like skydiving, which I don't know that I could ever do. That scares the crap out of me. Things like scaling the side of a mountain that some people do with no ropes attached, or even with ropes attached if you're afraid of heights. Things like rappelling, bungee jumping. Those are the things that you think about when you think about high-risk activities. How do the people that do those things overcome that fear, that natural fear that their brain must give them in order to practice these really, really high-risk behaviors? There must be some way that they overcome the fear of the risk in order to accomplish and gain the reward that they get 
by accomplishing that really interesting, scary thing. So in order to jump out of an airplane, you have to convince your brain that the reward is going to be higher than the risk, right? And so it's just a mind game. And I find that fascinating because so many things are so, so scary. But I think we can all agree that to achieve any goal in life requires you to take a risk, right? Stepping out of your comfort zone. Most great things in life come from that stepping out of your comfort zone and then just plowing through, overcoming the fear in your brain to take a risk. And if you can, if you can take that risk, then you're going to find something out about yourself, right? You're either going to achieve something great or you're going to fail and learn a very valuable lesson. Now, if the lesson is jumping out of a plane, packing your parachute correctly, then obviously that's not going to work out so well for you, right? So I don't want to think about that at all. That scares me to death. But if I could overcome that fear that I have, that irrational fear that my parachute might not open, then wouldn't that be an amazing thing for me to be able to do? is jump out of that airplane and see the world from that high up and then float to the ground in that parachute, wouldn't I feel accomplished? Wouldn't that be an amazing thing? So maybe someday I'll do that. I'm not 100% sure that'll be anytime soon because when I think about that, my palms get clammy. I just, I really have this fear of heights. And so it would be an amazing thing for me to get over. But the principles that are involved in this discussion are exactly the same. It's understanding why your brain has fear of change and fear of failure in order to take a risk to accomplish any goal. So the reason that we want to become comfortable taking risks is so that we can start to train our brain to accomplish great things and to not hold us back. When we hear that little voice in our head, bringing up fear, bringing up go hide in the cave, that little chihuahua brain telling you that you don't want to take a risk, that something bad could happen, understanding where that voice comes from and being able to overcome it is what taking risks and big rewards and goal setting is all about. So the first thing I want to talk about is why most of us are risk averse. It's natural, right? It's our natural brain response because we feel uncomfortable with the unknown. We have fear of the unknown and fear of failure. But what we could do instead is start seeing failure as progress and failure as a tool that we could use to learn. It's a pretty common concept, right? We understood this when we were in elementary school, that if we failed, we'd have to try, try again. If you ever learn to ride a bike, you have to fall off of it quite a few times and fail over and over again to learn what it means to balance. And of course, it's scary. And of course, it's hard. But those little failures ultimately lead to success. And so that same concept applies to anything that we're trying to accomplish in life. The failure will help us learn. And so understanding that and thinking about that will allow you to overcome that fear of failure and understanding that it's just part of the learning process. The other thing that we need to understand about failure is that it's just part of life, right? There will be setbacks. 
there will be things that don't go your way, whether it's your fault or whether it's someone else's fault. And that brings me back to that whole concept of good and bad in life, right? We have to accept and embrace the idea that there will be things that we fail at. There will be mistakes. There will be setbacks in life. And we learned that this past year with COVID. Things didn't go as we planned. There was a big setback for a whole year. We all were locked down. We all we all struggled with our identity as a veterinarian and how we were going to move on and continue our work with this big setback called COVID and these big lockdowns. And so just understanding that that is a natural part of life will help you accept when things happen. And it'll help you deal with that fear of something not going quite the way you expected it to go. So understand that that fear of the unknown comes completely from your thoughts, right? So if I'm afraid to jump out of a plane, the reason I'm afraid is because I have thoughts that I could die. I have thoughts of me plummeting to my death and splatting on the pavement, right? It sounds pretty gross, but that's what my brain's telling me. Don't jump out of an airplane, you might die. So that's true with any risk that you take in life. We do it every day in our veterinary hospitals. We take risks. We give a vaccine to a puppy, knowing full well that that puppy could have a vaccine reaction, right? And our brain knows that, and it could tell us that. And we might be paralyzed with fear to give vaccines if all we were thinking about was somebody dying from a vaccine reaction. But because we have understood that that's just a thought, we've been able to move past that fear of failure, so to speak, and give vaccines every day, hundreds of them, thousands of them a week, right? And most of the time with no fear at all, but we're taking a risk. And so transfer that little bit of risk we're taking every day to something bigger that you want to do in your life. Perhaps it's joining some kind of class and you've been afraid to do it because you've always wanted to do some hobby. Perhaps that scares you. Perhaps it's speaking to someone in your veterinary hospital that you're afraid of that confrontation. And so you're terrified to confront a situation because in your brain, you're thinking that that person might react negatively. So you don't take the risk of confrontation, right? So it's all this big, fat brain game. And that's what life really is. It's a game of give and take with your brain. And so realizing that in order to take a risk, you just have to look at your thoughts and figure out what those thoughts are around that activity and then working on those thoughts and working to change them in some way will allow you to overcome that fear that you have of failing. And the bigger the risk that you're taking, the bigger the scary thoughts, right? Fear of dying is different than a fear of somebody's dog having a vaccine reaction, right? My brain isn't going to be quite as afraid of giving a vaccine to a puppy as it would be of me jumping out of a plane. But understanding that that fear comes from exactly the same place. It just comes from my thoughts. And isn't that powerful? Isn't it powerful to think that you can overcome anything just by changing your thoughts? 
So one of the scariest things I ever did, and this is going to sound weird to you, but one of the things that I was most terrified to do, and I had the physical reaction of being terrified, is when I was asked to speak in front of a graduating class at Michigan State University. I was the president of the Michigan Veterinary Medical Association, and traditionally, the presidents are asked to give the graduation speech. And so I was asked to give a graduation speech in front of the class. So I said yes, of course, because to say no would have been embarrassing, right? So I had more fear of the embarrassment of being too afraid to do it than actually doing it. But genuinely, when I walked out onto that stage, because when you give a speech in front of a graduation, all the people are in the audience, right? With their parents and all the graduates are there in their, in their caps and gowns. But I had to wear the cap and gown and be up on the stage with the other speakers and the other people that were running the graduation ceremony. And when I walked out onto that stage, my heart was pounding so hard that I thought everyone else could hear it. I was terrified. My heart just pounded. And fortunately for me, I wasn't scheduled to give the speech until the end of the ceremony. So I was allowed to sit there on stage for probably a good 45 minutes and watch everyone else give their speeches and watch the kids graduate. I call them kids, but they were adults. And But the whole time, I'm telling you, my heart was pounding. And I was very prepared. I had written a really interesting speech, I thought. I thought it was going to be great. I was really proud of myself. I was really excited to do it. But my brain was telling me that there was a lot of risk involved here. Because if I get up and I make a mistake or I stumble over my words or I can't get the speech out, then I'm going to look foolish, right? And people are going to think that I'm not a good speaker or I'm just stupid or whatever they I thought they were going to think. So my heart just pounded the whole 40 or 45 minutes or so until it was my turn to give the speech. And I was talking to myself and telling myself to be calm, that I was really prepared, but my heart was just pounding. Like I could have been getting ready to jump out of a plane any minute at that point in time. But when it was my turn to get up and speak, I got up, I was prepared, I gave it. I was kind of feeling like I was in a fog because I was so terrified, but it went great. I loved it. And to this day, it is one of my proudest moments. I was so excited that I was able to do that. I was so proud of myself. And it was just a really cool thing to do. It was something that I may never get another opportunity to do again in my life. And so to check that off the list and say, I was able to give a speech at graduation to some graduates was really, really fun and exciting. And had I given in to that heart-pounding, scary feeling that my brain was giving me, I would have missed out on this amazing opportunity to speak to some wonderful students. So all that to say that stepping out of your comfort zone and facing that fear is oftentimes one of the remote one of the most rewarding things that you'll ever do. So many times I've been afraid to do something and then I do it and I'm like, wow, that was the coolest thing I've ever done. So you will miss out on so many opportunities and so much excitement if you don't decide on purpose that you will take some risks in life. Having children is super risky. If anybody's ever had a baby, you have been terrified but you have also been filled with joy. And so that's life, right? 
Now, in veterinary medicine, we always talk about this thing called compassion fatigue. And I've talked before about how I really think it's more involved with decision fatigue because as veterinarians, we have to make so many decisions in a day. And a lot of the decisions that we have to make are actually life and death, right? And so that can bring up a lot of fear. And that constant feeling of fear and stress that we have because we have to make these decisions, and sometimes very quickly, we have to make decisions fast. We have to you know, say yes to this, no to that, do this, use this drug. All these decisions we're making causes us to have this fear of the outcome, because we're not sure that the decision is going to be correct. And so a lot of our day involves us dealing with that stress that our brain is giving us, overtaking these risks of making all these decisions. When we start to feel overwhelmed with the decision fatigue, how do we cope with that? The first thing that I always try to do and I would encourage you to do is get the proper amount of facts that you need for your brain to understand what the risk reward is. What I mean by that is ask some questions. And I'm kind of famous for doing this because I'm a quick decision maker, but when my brain is giving me a warning or when my gut is warning me that this decision might be a little bit more risky than I originally suppose, I will ask some questions. So it's a great way to get a little bit more information to put your brain at ease. And it's also a great way to stall if you're a little bit uncertain about this decision. Because if you make a decision, how do you know ahead of time that it's the right one? You don't, right? But if you never make a decision, how will you know it's the right one? Ah, there it is, right? You have to make the decision in order to know whether it's right or wrong. And so just asking a few clarifying questions will oftentimes help me put my brain at ease and then go ahead and make the decision. Understanding that I never will know whether it's the right decision until I make it. And so there you're taking a risk, which is kind of scary, but also kind of exciting, right? So you can choose to look at the decision as scary or exciting, depending on how you think about it. The other thing that I would like to encourage you to do is make sure that you're taking risks for the right reasons. What I mean by that is oftentimes we want to take risks to please other people. There's social pressure for you to do something like me giving the speech at graduation. There was some social pressure there. But sometimes we are pressured to take big risks because we're trying to please a client, we're trying to please the people that work with us, we're trying to get approval from others. We want people to like us, we want to have them think that we're easygoing, whatever that reason is. Putting yourself into a risk situation without the reward being being for you and your well-being is going to bite you in the butt. If you have people pressuring you to make a decision and you don't want to do it, and there's a lot of risk involved, step back and tune into yourself. Listen to your own gut. I've had clients do this to me before. They want you to approve a drug or they want you to do something that you don't think is right. Do a surgery on a pet that might be high risk because they don't wanna spend the money to get the heart checked out. And then you go ahead and do it 
knowing full well that the risk is higher than you're willing to take. And there are times that I will take those risks. But then what I have to understand is why I'm doing it. Am I doing it to please the client? Or am I doing it to try to help the pet? And there's a difference in my mind. If it's really going to help the pet and the people just aren't going to do what's right, and I can do something to change a situation, even if it's a little bit high risk for the pet or high risk for me, I will sometimes do it. But if I make that decision because I'm trying to people please, then that's the wrong reason. And being a notorious people pleaser like I am, I sometimes do run myself into those situations. So understanding that people-pleasing is sometimes the reason we take risks, and that's not always a good reason, is something to really think about. Now, sometimes when we're dealing with this decision fatigue phenomenon, like we call it, you might become paralyzed and not able to make any decision because your brain just gets so overwhelmed with the feelings of risk, the feelings of dread, the feelings of failure, you'll actually be stuck unable to make any decision. Or you'll be so stressed out when you're making these decisions that it will just eat you up inside. And if that's something that's happening for you, I think just writing down all the reasons that you're so scared of making these decisions and really examining whether they are fact or whether they are fiction made up by your little chihuahua brain will help you to sort things out. So when I'm feeling really overwhelmed or I start to get this really strong anxiety feeling, sitting there and thinking about why, why is my brain doing this to me, will help me to sort things out. Is it because I've already made 100 decisions today and I just feel like I can't make one more? Is it that I had a failure yesterday and I don't want to repeat that because it didn't feel good? Is it something from my past that's coming up that's telling me, warning, danger, this could be a really negative decision for you because you've seen this scenario before and you don't want to repeat the past mistakes? Because if that's the case, if your brain's warning you that you've seen this before, then looking at those thoughts might be very valuable, right? Because it might prevent you from making a mistake that you've had in the past. It might prevent you from repeating your history. So that stress that you're feeling around the decision fatigue could be quite useful, but it won't be useful unless you're able to slow down and be okay with the feeling of fear, be okay with taking risks, slowing down and thinking it through. Why do I have this gut feeling that this might be wrong? And then if I remember, oh yeah, this is why I've done this before and it didn't go well, that will help you make a decision. And the decision might just be saying no, because sometimes taking a risk means not taking a risk. Does that make sense? Making those decisions to stop yourself from repeating a past failure might be a good thing. The time that it gets dangerous is when you're so fearful of taking action because you're afraid of past mistakes, that you become paralyzed. And that's when you can no longer function. And that's when you can't take a risk, ever. That's what we're trying to avoid here. Not saying no, 
not having a gut feeling that a risk might be something that you don't want to take, but taking appropriate risks to live a fabulous life. Taking risks that allow you to do something truly interesting and truly valuable. And that leads me into regret. Most of the time in your life, you're only going to regret the things that you didn't do. So at this point in my life, I'm deathly afraid of jumping out of a plane. Will I regret that when I'm older? Perhaps I will. And perhaps someday I will jump out of a plane. I will go parachuting. Right now, my brain tells me that that's a dumb thing to do. And so I don't want to take that risk. But if I do that in all things in my life, then my life is just going to be stagnant. And so challenging yourself each day to take even the smallest risk usually will end up being valuable. And if you don't, if you decide that everything is too risky, then your life will never be full. It will never progress. So if you're not married, getting married is risky, right? And so you could just stay single your whole life. You could never have a relationship. You could stay safe inside your home and never risk sharing your life with someone. But sharing your life with someone is very rewarding, right? Is there a risk of failure? Could there be a divorce? Absolutely. Could there be a breakup and heartbreak? Absolutely. But if you don't risk getting involved in any kind of relationship in life, you're going to be a very lonely person. Taking risks towards goals is all about learning, failing, exploring, and growing, and then achieving. Achievement comes from risk-taking. And if you take a risk and take a step towards something and it doesn't go well, then use that lesson of failure to change course. Making mistakes teaches us things. Sometimes the things that we risk And the mistakes that get made are not our fault. And it just happens. It's just life. But learn the lesson. If there's a lesson that can come from it, not stop taking risks. That's not the lesson. The lesson is, what can I learn from this failure or this mistake? And how can I apply it moving forward to my next goal and next risk to make a better decision and to achieve what I want to achieve? So as always, I have a couple of quotes for you regarding this subject. The first one is from Helen Keller, and it goes, Security is mostly superstition. It does not exist in nature, nor do the children of men as a whole experience it. Avoiding danger is no safer in the long run than outright exposure. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing. And the next one is from Peter Drucker. And it says, whenever you see a successful business, someone once made a courageous decision. They took a risk, right? (laughs) So that's what we want to do this week. Thank you so much for listening to me. I really appreciate you being here. Like I said earlier in the podcast, if you like what you're hearing on the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. I would really appreciate that. And if you have any feedback or input, you can email me and let me know how you feel about what we're talking about and the work that we're doing in the world. So my homework for you this week is to take a small risk in one area of your life that you've been procrastinating because you're afraid 
and see what happens. And then let me know. Let me know how it goes. I'd love to hear your story. Thank you so much for being here with me this week. I really appreciate it. And I hope to talk to you again next week on the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. Have a beautiful week. Bye. Bye.